You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I'm excited about this season. I'll tell you why. Because um, this is all about the future. Did you know that you are a futurist? The choices you make today, the decisions we make today will echo through eternity. Famous quote from Gladiator. But it is true, none the same. And we are right in the midst of the We The People series. And I'm excited. Actually, we're not in the midst. We're the first Sunday in. So I'm happy to be the forerunner for this message. I've got a great uh, message I'm going to share with you just very quickly. 30 minutes. I'm hoping it's 30 minutes of revelation, of power, that your eyes will be opened, that you will hear from the Lord about the significance of your existence on planet Earth in the state of California, in the city of San Diego, right now in this time, 2020. You matter. Your choices matter. You are going to leave an undeniable imprint on planet Earth for better or for worse. So we're gonna get right into it. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna tell you a story, a famous story from the Bible about a queen. Her name was Esther. Her her story is she's only one of two women in the entire Bible to have a book named after her, which is amazing because especially in the Old Testament, it was a very chauvinistic era in uh, planet Earth's history. So for there to be two books of the Bible named with women, uh, named after women is significant. It's like God looked down from heaven and he's like, stop the presses as he sees the behaviour, as he sees the actions of Queen Esther, and he says, somebody write a book about her. And I know, I would clap if I was you. It's exciting because all these books named after men and the Chronicles of the Kings and all of a sudden stop the press. Her story needs to be remembered. And I don't want you just shoving it anywhere. I want you to name an actual book after her. You're not to cram it into Chronicles. You're not to cram it into Ezra or into Nehemiah. You are to give her her own freaking book. Come on. In case you didn't know this, God is the ultimate women's liberationist, okay? All right, let's get going. Don't worry, you're gonna catch up. You're gonna catch up to where I am. Okay, so... Let me tell you the story. It starts off by this. So it's Babylon, it's Persia. It is a hedonistic, it is a out of control, crazy time. They were party people. The king was a party person. Babylon at that time was not a moral land. You think Vegas was bad? Vegas didn't have anything on Babylon. The king at that time was named Ahuarius or Xerxes, depending on what translation you're reading. He had an alter ego. He had two different names. But King Halzarius at the time was ruling and reigning in Babylon. At that time, there were a Jewish remnant hanging out in Babylon. They had been captives at one point, but then King Cyrus came in and said, you old Jews can go back to Jerusalem. I'm giving you a pass, go back to your homeland. So most of them went back to Jerusalem, famous, Ezra, Nehemiah, but Esther and her family, or Hadassah, as she was known, her Jewish name, stayed in Babylon. 
Now, here's what happened at that time. They were living high on the hog. It was a boom era. Everybody was partying. There was so much prosperity. There was so much party culture. And this particular king decided that he was going to throw himself a party for six months. This isn't like some kind of men's weekend away. This is a six month party, you guys. And the Bible goes into great detail describing what kind of party it was. The king dropped off a massive keg of beer and the finest wine in every household in all of Babylon and commanded them to party with him for six months. And now during this party time, the king was having his own like VIP section party in the palace. And he's getting down with his, with his guy friends and they're smoking cigars and they're swelling whiskey in a cup with those big round ice balls in them. And they're brewing their own beer and they're watching Bear Grylls and they're giving each other tattoos and row, 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 row. Okay, and they're drinking way too much. And then flash over here and his queen at the time, Queen Vashti, Queen Vashti is having her own party because there was segregation at that time and the men couldn't hang out with the ladies and the ladies couldn't hang out with the men. So they were having their private party and they were swelling martinis and they had a margarita band, bar and a mariachi band and they were playing, I am woman, hear me roar, and numbers too big to ignore. And then over here at the men's party, are you tracking with me? King Azarius, the Bible says when his Heart was merry with much wine, which in modern translation, when he was hammered drunk, (laughs) he says to his servants, he says, go get my beautiful queen Vashti. Tell her to put on her royal crown and parade in front of all my drunk slobbering mates to show off her beauty because it's kind of going to give me my man card to see that I could get a woman like that. Okay, so the servant goes over to the party and they're all dancing and they're, they're singing, I am woman, hear me roar. And then the servant comes in and goes, um, uh, excuse me, Queen Vashti, um, your presence has been requested by your husband, the king, King Xerxes. He would like you to put on the crown and um, not much else and then parade in front of his drunk mates. And she's like, oh no, you didn't. She sends him packing back to the king, tell him, I am not coming. And it was like the proverbial record scratch. Heard right throughout Babylon. She's defying the king. He's commanding her to come. And when the, the king says, come, you gotta come. So the servant goes back and says, master, don't stab me, don't spear me, don't cut me in two, but your wife isn't coming. <gasps> All of the kingdom gasps at once. And all his mates, because they've all drunk too much, proving for all eternity that people who drink too much make very, very bad choices, turn to the king and say, King, you've got to do something about this. Because if our wives hear that the most famous woman in all of Babylon, who's on the cover of every magazine, has defied her husband, then they're going to start to defy us and there will be anarchy. I want you to make a rule, not only that women aren't allowed to defy their husbands, but we want you to banish Vashti from the kingdom. And because the king, and you'll see as you read the story of Esther, which is only 10 short chapters, was drunk a lot of the time, he made constant, constantly made bad decisions. So he's like, all right, let's do that. And so he banished Queen Vashti in his drunken stupor from the kingdom. Guess what happened? He sobered up and he missed his wife. 
And he thought to himself, well, she may have been rebellious, but at least she was mine. And so he's depressed and he's talking to all his mates and his friends. And then they, they come up with this idea. And this is about where we're going to be introduced to Esther. And they said, well, hey, hey, listen, Vashti, she was trouble. She was hard work. She was bad to the bone. It's good that she was banished, O king. So why don't instead we kind of start our own beauty pageant, kind of like a prehistoric version of The Bachelor, where we bring all the fair maidens in the land to your door and they will parade in front of you and there will be a talent section and then you can decide which one of them you want to make as your wife. So they go on some kind of scouting mission to find all the most beautiful virgins in the land and they hear this sound. Ah, ah, ah. And they spy beautiful orphan Esther who'd been raised by her cousin, the devout Jew, Mordecai, standing at the kitchen sink, washing dishes as little birds flew in to help her dry the dishes. <laughs> and they're like, oh my gosh, she's the one. And so they bring her to the king and through a certain series of events, God opens a door and Esther becomes queen instead of Vashti. Beautiful story, but that's not where the story ends. That's just where it starts. Meanwhile, back in the bat cave, King Elzarius has made a very, very bad decision. He got a, a man who was completely corrupt and perverted and elevated him to the highest rank in Babylon. He was the prime minister. His name was Haman. He was an Agagite who viciously hated the Jewish people. One particular day in Babylon, Haman, who had been promoted to prime minister, was riding through Babylon on his horse. And as he demanded, every person when they saw Haman come past had to bow the knee and pay homage. Mordecai the Jew, Esther's cousin who raised her after the death of her parents, refused to bow his knee. And as a result, Haman hated him. And the Bible says that he began to plot and scheme, not how he could just kill Haman, but how he could kill all the Jews. And because he knew he could manipulate the king who was drunk most of the time, he sidled alongside King Azarius and he said, oh, king, live forever. I'm not sure if you know this, but there is a group of people in your land and they don't follow your laws. They don't follow our decrees. They have a different speech and different customs, I feel like this is a bad move. I feel like we need to do something about this because they're standing out with their moral piety in our land of partying. We need to do something about it. We need to silence these Jews. We need to silence these Christians. We need to silence the righteous once and for all so evil will reign forever. <laughs> he kept that part to himself. And because the king was easily manipulated, he's like, well, all right, let me put my signature to that. Let it be so. And a decree went out across the whole land that all the Jews were going to be slaughtered at a certain time. Now, this is where things start to get interesting. Mordecai hears about this decree, knowing his niece, Esther, is in the palace. She is now queen of Babylon. And the Bible says he put on sackcloth and ash and he sent a servant to intercede and to speak to Esther and tell her everything that the evil Haman had planned. 
And then Esther's like, oh my gosh, what do, you, what do you want me to do? Remember last time a queen defied the king by going in uh, or not coming in in that case? And, and if I go in, I'm going to suffer penalty of death. I can't do this. I can't do this. And then Mordecai looks her in the eyes through the servant, of course, and says, you know what, Esther? Don't think that just because you're in the palace, you can escape. Maybe, just maybe, you were brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. And then she finds her courage. I'm going to hammer that point home again a bit later. She finds her courage. She stands before the king. Things start to shift. Things start to change. This little orphan girl, Hadassah, who is now Esther, queen of Persia, of Babylon, is standing in front of the king, pleading for her people. It's amazing when you find your courage and you push back against ungodly decrees, you will eventually find that all of heaven will back you up and the lion, even though it roars, actually has no teeth. And then what happens is the king hears about this decree like he's hearing it for the first time. Was he not the same king that just put down his signet ring in authorization of this very law? Yes. But that's sometimes what happens. I'm going to slip this law in on the desk and put it under the guise of something that it's not and get you to sign it. And all of a sudden, the people are living in the consequences, sounds like today. And then he hears it seemingly for the first time. He's like, who would put down such a decree to have all the Jewish people killed? And Esther has to say, my king, unwittingly, it was you but it was authored by your friend Haman. Now here is a a, a series of events happens and this is what happens when you and I rise with courage. And I believe right now is our such a time as this to respond like Esther did when evil decrees are being sent out across the four corners of our nation, our state and our city. That we stand in courage and we plead to the King, the King on earth and the King in heaven. It shall not pass because when we move with courage, all of heaven backs us up. And that's what Esther found. And we find when you read the story of Esther, the evil decree was reversed. The king came out and said, listen, the decree has been sent out for the annihilation of the Jews. I can't change what I said, but I can write another law. And that is this, that when that day comes that every Jewish person has the right to defend themselves, defend themselves and stand in the gap for their own lives. The title of this message today is By the People, For the People. By the People, For the People. And I want to ask you this question. What are you going to do with your time in history? When the evil decrees sent out across the four corners of our nation as it relates to people, We've had a lot of people criticize us for stepping into the area of politics, but I gotta be honest with you. I will never shy away from the matters of the people. Do you know what the definition of politics is? The matters of the people. And if it matters to the people, it matters to me. And too many of us have bought the lie that the church would be silent when the Lord said, you are the salt and the light of the earth, if salt loses its flavour, if it loses its existence, its, its reason for being there, it will be thrown out and trampled under feet by men, but let your light shine. Oh, it's time to let your light shine. You and I are Esthers, male or female, for such a time as this. And God is looking 
And the first takeaway I want you to take from Esther's story is this. You may, may try to run, but you cannot hide. And I've had so many people have conversations with me. Well, you know what? Politics, voting, ah, who cares? It's not my thing. It's not my fight. Can I be honest with you? I can't think of many more selfish statements than that. It's not my fight. Well, whose fight is it? Imagine if everybody said, it's not my fight, it's not my thing. And you know what the truth is? A lot of people have said that, and that's the environment that we're living in today. One that is steeped in all kinds of evil, where only just a couple of weeks ago, a law was passed in this state, SB 145, giving predators greater access to your children. And it happened while the church was sleeping. Where are the Esthers? Where are the Mordecais? We have been planted into the kingdom for such a time as this. And I will never apologize for talking about things that are uncomfortable because God has made me a shepherd of the people. And if we care about the people, we will speak about the matters that are crippling the people the people who have been marked for death. For Esther, it was an entire race of people that have been marked for death. True for then, true for now. Do you know that in our state of California, there will be 700 abortions today? 700 lives a day. Do you know around the world, 54 million lives taken through abortion in the world? It is the leading cause of death, but it is not called that medically because they do not presume a life to be a life until the first breath is taken outside the womb. We're being lied to. So much is happening while we are sleeping because the church has been silent when they needed to have courage. But I believe Esther is a woman for such a time as this. And there's a reason that God looked down from heaven and said, stop the press, write a freaking book about her. Because in 2020, in San Diego and every other city across the earth, I need my church to wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. You can run, but you can't hide. Well, maybe... Things in California are getting hot. I'll go to Texas. Do you really think these spirits stop at state lines? Oh, I want to kill a whole bunch of people through abortion, and I want to put laws in schools to teach kids how to have sex but not teach them that they were created in the image of God. Oh, what? It's Texas? Duh. No. They keep walking. They keep strutting. You and I in California may be on the front line, but it's time. We battle in California. So when it comes to Texas, the battle has already been fought and won, and we can be the example. You may try to run, but you cannot hide. And come on, how are you going to feel when you stand before God? What did you do? What did you do in 2020? The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. You know who one of those witnesses is? Esther. What are you doing, Leanne? What are you doing? You were like me, Leanne. You were taken from Australia and planted into the seed of the fabric of one of the most jacked up and dysfunctional states in the nation of America. What are you going to do? Are you going to stay quiet in the palace? Oh, I've got my good life. I've got 17,000 followers on Instagram. I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to threaten that. I wouldn't want to say anything that makes people not like me. As much as I like being liked, as much as I want you to like me, as one, as much as I want you to look at me and smile, I want the smile of heaven more. And I know if I stand 
in my time with the Spirit of Esther and make my yearning and my desire to put a smile on the face of God, I know eventually that you're gonna smile too. Because what matters to God matters to you because what matters to God is always the matters of the people that He loves. You can run, but you can't hide. Don't run from the fight, run to it. You'll find just like Esther when she petitioned the king, she didn't find a wild bear. What she found was a pussycat. What? I didn't even know they passed that law. Exactly, because you were drunk when it was written. And too many leaders in places of power are drunk on their power and they're taking bribes and all things, kinds of things are happening and it takes an awake church to engage in her full station as salt and light to see things shift. I want to be able to send my kid to a public school and not have them told a whole bunch of nonsense. And that's not going to happen unless the church arises and stands in this very crucial hour. Don't back down when God has called you to stand up. You can run, but you can't hide. I had a pastor say to me once, what? Ah, I'm just not political. I don't want to be political. I said, neither do I. I. I didn't go looking for politics. Politics came looking for me. It came to me when I was asked and forced to decide what I thought about life, about the sanctity of life. It came to me when I was forced to look at the legislation around what they were teaching my children in public schools. It came to me when it, when it, it spoke to me about the fact that they wanted to shut down church and have us not sing and not speak and not gather. And no matter how you slice it, whether it was meant that way on earth or whether it was divinely corrupted in the places of hell, it was a demonic order to silence the church in a time when they wanted to pass laws so the church would not have a voice. I'm not buying it. The church is essential. You can run, but you can't hide. Here's what Jim Elliot, Elliot, the Ecuadorian martyr said. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Ah, you can't lose when you're with God, but so many of us hanging on to things that aren't eternal and risking that which is One day we're going to stand before God and he's going to ask us, what did you do with your time in history? Did you know the book of Acts is still being written? I wonder. I'm I'm hanging in there for a book of Leanne. (laughs) What about you? What will the Bible say about you? Oh, they didn't make waves. Oh, they just, ah, they did anything for peace. Oh. Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes, as wonderful as peace is, there is a time for peace and a time for warfare. It's important that we discern the times and seasons. Point number two or second takeaway from Esther's story as we come to a close is this. You will need courage. You will need courage. What was it that Ronald Reagan said? The future belongs to the brave. And it does. Right now, God is looking for courage, a courageous church, a courageous church. And I feel like that we are living in the collateral of a season that I believe is about to shift in a good way. But right now, we're living in a, the collateral of a season that was purchased by us through cowardice, through a church that was silent and didn't talk about the issues that mattered. And while we were sleeping and singing Kumbaya in our, 
in our small groups and talking about people like Joshua while not acting like Joshua's, the world got really corrupt really fast. But I believe that warriors are emerging in this hour. I believe that Mordecai's who carry the word of God and the courage of the Lord and Esther's divinely positioned for such a time as this are standing, but you will need courage. Let me read you a scripture in the Bible that I think will sober us all up real good. In Revelation 21, it says this, verses seven to eight. The one who overcomes, somebody say overcomes. We've got a lot to overcome right now, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna make it because God is with us. The one who overcomes will inherit all things. And I will be his God and he will be my son or daughter. But to the cowardly, uh-oh. But to the cowardly, this is Jesus speaking to the church. But to the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and and all liars, their place will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. This, This scripture wakes me up. Can you believe that Jesus, now what is the book of Revelation? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ to the church. He wrote the book. Jesus wrote the book. He spoke to John. John wrote it down, the words of Jesus from heaven. But to the cowardly. Jesus is lumping cowards in with the sexually immoral, murderers, liars, idolaters, and sources. I would have thought cowards would be up there with people who smoked or that person had too many tattoos or I don't know but they put cowards in there. Cowards? That's big boy stuff. God does not look kindly on those who shrink back when He's asking them to step forward. This month is a month of stepping forward for this nation, the nation. And here's what I believe, this is my opinion, but I reckon I could find a lot of people to back me up, that if America falls, so goes this nation. So goes the nations of the earth. There is something about this nation, the the way it was founded on religious freedom and liberty. That is the desire of all nations, but not all nations have had the courage to stand and fight to keep it. What we have, we will lose if we don't stand in our hour. We are Esthers, we are Mordecai's called for such a time as this, but it's gonna take you having some courage. That means you're gonna have to have some conversations, but more than that, it means that you're gonna have to know your stuff. I'm not talking about bravado. Oh, I can stand in a crowd and, and I can tweet something. No, what do you know? What do you know? How much have you researched? How much do you know about the Word of God? So when somebody asks you what, I want you to vote for the party whose policies align with the Word of God, that you actually know what the Word of God says. Because that's a bit sad, isn't it? And what did Jesus say? Go into the whole world and make disciples of all nations. (gasps) Uh, Teach them to do everything I have commanded you. And I reckon we failed a bit at that because we wanted everybody to feel good. And if you just preach for a bit to feel good, eventually nobody does. Because we've got to know the Word of God because a blessed life, a prosperous life, a prosperous nation is a nation whose God is the Lord. And we got to know the God of the Bible. we got to get in this Word. we got to know it. we got to know it. we got to ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate truth to us when there are so many lies out there, so many caught in darkness. 
Imagine what would have happened if Esther did not stand and rise and it cost her, yes, cost her something. And your yes will cost you something. Maybe family members who don't understand. Definitely a media and a narrative in the world that wants to stab God in the heart every day is looking to persecute anybody who stands for truth. But remember, this life is but a vapour and one day you will stand before God and He's gonna ask you, what did you do in your time? When I called you to be an Esther, are you now counted amongst the cowards that Jesus spoke in Revelation? This isn't about me judging or condemning. This is about a self-reflective moment. Have I really cherished and honoured the freedom that I have to live in a nation like America? We've seen what it's like. We have had a free trial of communism the last couple of months where churches are shut, where all kinds of decrees and orders have come down to attack our freedoms and our religious liberties. And I tell you what, it's no fun. And it's like God saying, how you like that? Yeah, 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 right, right, right. Well, that's your future if you don't stand up and start to have a voice in your time to be strong and courageous, to be strong and very courageous and understand that you were brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. It is an honour to be in California, in San Diego in the year 2020. I know there have been people fleeing for greener pastures and those pastures may be greener for now. But trust me, if they take that same attitude into that greener pasture, that thing is gonna dry up real fast. But you know what? Here's what I'm gonna prophesy. California in the beginning was called the Golden State. And I declare under the Spirit of the Lord, an immigrant from Australia with a 10th grade education, the Golden State will be golden again. The Golden State will be golden again. The Golden State will be golden again. Revival is springing forth in the West Coast of the USA. The Gospel may have first been born to the people of the East, but it is the West that will stand and contend, that will petition the King. And you will find when you stand that the lion has no teeth and God will bring about a divine reversal. Where are the Esthers? Where are the Mordecais? Where are those who will stand in the gap for those who have been marked for death? In the words of Gladiator, what we do in this life will echo through eternity. Oh, I had a lot to say. But, but more than anything, catch the Spirit, read the story, be in prayer. I know what God has said to me, but what is He saying to you? There's one thing I can't give you and it's my devotion. And so many sheeple, we the sheeple have been led astray because they don't know. They've been living off the sound bites of others. But it's time for you to know. Do you know the Constitution? Do you know the First Amendment? Do you know why Jürgen and I have stood when other churches have closed? Because we know the flippin' Constitution. I had to study it to become an American. Congress shall make no law prohibiting the exercising of religion. No law, Congress. Separation of church and state. No, the state needs to stay out of the church's business because the Founding Fathers knew they knew that the church was the backbone, the moral fabric of every society. So that's why the Founding Fathers said, don't mess with the church. You better back off from messing with the church because if the church goes down, the nation goes down and we can't have it. The church is essential. Come on, Esther. Come on, 
about Mordecai. Now is your time to rise. Let's rise and build. Let's rise and build. We got this. The Golden State will be golden again. Do not let this time in history pass you by. They're going to write about you. They're going to write about me. What are they going to say? Are you lumbered in with the cowards and the murderers and the adulterers? Or are you an Esther? Are you a Mordecai? It cost me everything, but I did it. Oh, God, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out doing the right thing. Pastor Jürgen and I, we redid our wills. We, we're like, if we're going to jail, I better make sure all our affairs are in order. But I was willing. I will go to jail for you. I will go to jail for this cause. I will go to jail to see the First Amendment in its true form be completely established in this nation. You can't shut down the church. You can't silence the church because if the church grows silent, the world loses its way, its time. Oh, things are shifting. The golden state will be golden again. And before I take off and start flying about the room, I'm gonna ask Pastor Mike to come up. But I love you. I love you. Come on, now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.